0: FM podcast this is Scott Kesterson and tonight you're listening to cognitive infiltration this war is real fighting is everything even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil tempts not the righteous man to draw his sword conviction Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Thursday, August 11th in the year 2022. We're living in a strange world right now where things are completely divided and they're not getting any closer. And though we could argue that the raid on Mar-a-Lago has brought people over to the Trump camp, I wouldn't say that that is a fix to the division that we have in this nation. So much of what we're challenged with is a process of what's going on in people's perception of reality. And this entire war from the very beginning has been about a war on their minds. And those that still hold much of the high ground are those that are in control of the media, those that are in control of our government agencies, and those that are in control and part of the education system. Sadly, those institutions have worked overtime to create massive divisions and cognitive problems by literally infiltrating people's minds. Before we begin tonight, in this time of unsettling times, uncertainty about the future, make sure you're taking good care of your wealth. And that means preserving it in ways that, keep it away from the risks and vulnerabilities of the stock market. The folks at Birch Gold are here to help. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know it's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and Supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. Remember, that's text BARDS to 989898. And you'll get your free introductory packet. It's worth checking them out. Birch Gold are top-level executives and professionals in the industry. Make sure and check them out. You will not be disappointed. All right, Patriots, I want to begin just with a perspective here. This comes from BioClandestine, who I really do like his research. And he's both on Substack and he's on uh, Telegram. Really worth subscribing. I do subscribe to Bio clandestine Substack, and provides some really good frameworks for a lot of the things that we're in. Now, this is what he put up a little bit ago on Telegram, and I think it puts things in a certain perspective and optic of where we literally are. As of now, the DNC proudly supports literal Nazi forces in Ukraine. In the Ukrainian military, state sponsored propaganda, state control of private enterprise, state control of information and censorship, state control of student uh, curriculum, state approved terrorism by BLM and Antifa, state weaponization of federal law enforcement to remove political opposition. Who wants to tell the DNC to think like Mein Kampf was not and instruction manual. Now, here's the thing, and it's an interesting perspective because I want to go back through these, and I want to put these in the perspective of someone who would be buried into the leftist thinking. State-mandated non-consensual uh, medical experimentation was another one I didn't read. So watch this, and watch how this how the cognitive shift occurs. It, it begins with literal Nazi forces in the Ukraine military. This is, that would be rejected as a lie, that that's Russian influence infiltrating into this discussion, and in fact, the Ukrainians are fighting for their freedom, and we must support them. State mandated non-consensual medical experimentation, that would be classified as science deniers, people that don't understand that we must all work together for the betterment of the good, otherwise we'll all die from this injection, and we won't get any better, and we won't go back to normal until we all get it. State-sponsored propaganda. This is conspiratorial thought. This is not state-sponsored. We are, once again, we are trying to communicate messages that are for the betterment of the world and the environment because the environment is in crisis. State control of private enterprise. Corporations are out of control. Corporations have ransacked the entire world. They've ruined the economy. They've ruined the the, the earth, and they have consolidated wealth in the hands of a very minute few, a, a less than 1%. The government is needed to redistribute wealth to make sure that we all have a fair share. Then we have state control of information and censorship. There are many things that are being said that are not true that are causing people to have unnecessary panic and fear. We need to get a handle on that. We need to clamp down on those things that don't express the truth and respect people's differences and and don't cause unnecessary harm with information. Information in the First Amendment right is an idea, but it takes personal management responsibility, and the government is there to help. State control of student curriculum. We need to have a universalized way of educating people and raising them up. We are trying to get to a better world and not so rooted in the old ways of thinking of racism, systemic racism, white mansplaining, and other things that have caused so many problems today. It is necessary for the government to step in and help. We have state-approved terrorism by BLM and Antifa. That is a misappropriation of a term by the conservative extremist Nazi right that's trying to suggest that those that are fighting for the freedom of people and to break down in capitalism are, in fact, terrorism. They are, in fact, liberators. State weaponization of federal law enforcement to remove political opposition. This is a referral to Donald Trump. He was a criminal. He's had more crimes than ever, than any other president. And that's why the FBI had to do their job to protect the public. Don't ask me to explain those crimes, but that's what CNN tells me. You see how this works? This is a place where we are completely divided right now at the core of this. And people have completely walked into the narratives that have been spouted by the mainstream. Every single time you put out truth, the mainstream is going to roll itself back into key areas. One is environmental protection. Saving the earth, the evils of corporations, and the need for people to rise up and overtake the man. Also, that they've flagged everything that's on related to President Trump as what? As Nazi, as fascist, as the danger to the world. That The real danger to the world is the fact that they want to take away all of these protections we put in place to keep everybody safe. These are the same protections that make sure that we don't have a large carbon footprint. Because if we take that away, and you can almost hear them hyperventilate. <laughs> and if you, if you if you take that away, the world is going to die. It's a very important principle to understand how much control these types of narratives have on people. It isn't just cognitive; it becomes physical. So I want to play a little piece here. I want you to hear about an idea known as cognitive infiltration.
1: Now, cognitive infiltration, I believe, takes it a step further. What I believe this is referencing is weaponizing our thoughts against us and our fellow uh, people in society, our fellow citizens. How would you weaponize human beings against other human beings through cognitive infiltration? Let's talk you through this. So you remember that phrase, you know, uh, abide by the covid mandate so that you don't kill grandma. We had that here in the UK. I don't know if in the US it was as popular, but they told us that if we break those mandates that Susan Mitchie was referring to, we'd be guilty of killing our grandparents. Now, if you can use the media, corporatist media, to spread propaganda, because that's the right word for it, that convinces the populace that by breaking these mandates, they're going to kill their loved ones. What you succeed in doing is turning them into weapons of enforcement. They will willingly, without the need for a policeman to help them do so, snitch on their neighbors, they will willingly physically use physical force if they need to, to stop you killing your grandma, their grandma. So cognitive, cognitive infiltration means getting inside your head under your skin, and weaponizing you to act as an agent of the state against your neighbors, and against everybody else that your your friends and family. And that's where you begin seeing that during this COVID period, our friends, family, loved ones, people we thought were friends began turning against us if we weren't uh, singing from the same hymn sheet. So I believe they've achieved to some extent that cognitive infiltration, the weaponization of human beings.
0: And I totally agree. Now this concept came from Cass Sunstein. Cass Sunstein was actually born on September 21st, 1954. He's an American legal scholar, and he's uh, supposedly known for his studies of constitutional law, administrative law, environmental law, and behavioral economics. He is also a the New York Times bestselling author of The World According to Star Wars and Nudge. And he was administrator of the White House Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs in the Obama administration from 2009 to 2012. He was also a professor at University of Chicago Law School for 27 years. It was in his paper that he published in one, on 115 of 2008 under the Obama administration, which he wrote and was titled Conspiracy Theories. I'm going to read to you the abstract from the paper. Many millions of people hold conspiracy theories. They believe that powerful people have worked together in order to withhold the truth about some important practice or some terrible event. A recent example is the belief widespread in some parts of the world that attacks of 9-11 were carried out by, not by Al Qaeda, but by Israel or the United States. Those who subscribe to conspiracy theories may create serious risks, including risks of violence, and the existence of such theories raises significant challenges for policy and law. The first challenge is to understand the mechanisms by which conspiracy theories prosper. The second challenge is to understand how such theories might be undermined. Such theories typically spread as a result of indefinable cognitive blunders, operating in conjunction with informational and reputational influences a distinctive feature of conspiracy theories is their self-sealing quantity and quality conspiracy theorists are not likely to be persuaded by an attempt to dispel their theories they may have they may even characterize that every attempt to further proof of the cons- is further proof of the conspiracy Because those who hold conspiracy theories typically suffer from a crippled epistemology in accordance with which it is rational to hold such theories, the best response consists in cognitive infiltration of extremist groups. Various policy dilemmas, such as the question whether it is better for government to to rebut conspiracy theories or to ignore them, are explored in this light. He goes on to argue that it is the role of government to infiltrate and affect groups, to then disrupt them, to cause them to do things that they would they would prove the conspiracy theories to be a threat to society, and he was working in the Obama administration. Now you will recall that President Obama I mean, I shouldn't even say those words because that's, I mean, probably going to have to seek forgiveness for even saying those words. But Obama signed into action a policy that allowed the government to use propaganda on the public. And they did it by talking about it in terms of countering propaganda and disinformation. But they legalized the use of propaganda and PSYOP methods against the public. This all generated. From this type, this paper written by Cass Sustine. It's very important to put this picture together because we're living in a time right now that has been prepped for years. Advertising agencies have been allowed to run propaganda on the world forever since the beginning because they simply call it product marketing. They've been, they've when when subliminals were forbidden in movie theaters in the 50s, and or earlier. They were still allowed to use subliminals and images as long as it wasn't it wouldn't be able to be tracked to a specific outcome. The problem with subliminals in films is they were able to actually track to physical responses, such as putting and it was first introduced. subliminals were put in about one every 15th frame in a certain section of the film, such as a picture of popcorn, and then people would suddenly have a desire to go buy popcorn. But there's a problem with subliminals. And it is the more that people are exposed to film, the more that the mind can now discern that it is a subliminal image. When you first use subliminals, as the Israelis used in the in elections with the Palestinians, they were actually able to take a population that had very little video or film saturation, very little exposure to that. And they were then able to swing the votes by 30 percent using subliminals. That was a Mossad program. And in so doing, that worked that period of time, but the next time, the bar is now set higher because you can't continue to use subliminals in the same way because the mind will overcome it. They will see through it and it will adapt. But cognitive infiltration is very different. And it's as you heard a minute ago, because the cognitive infiltration is getting into the neurochemistry of the person. And it's critical to understand how powerful this is and what we're literally witnessing right now. We are in a place and time when people are locked into certain cycles of thinking. We are seeing people still wear masks. We still see people social distancing. We see people, and it's not even required. We see people looking forward to the next injection, ready almost with their sleeves rolled up to run down to the pharmacy and start getting it before they even announce it. What is happening there? And when we break this down, we can start to get into the aspect of cognitive infiltration from a chemical, neurochemical point of view. In the last two years, there has been an overload, by design, of fear and panic in the public. Lacking a solid relationship in faith as one of those things in people's lives. There's others, but this is a very critical one. People didn't have a place to turn, to dispel, and to literally vacate that fear and anxiety. Churches that closed down pulpits that were preaching peace at any cost, this shallow ministry, which all of this is extremely critical to understand, of more focus on a 501c3 and the revenue stream than actually teaching the powers and, and gospel of Jesus. These things kept people away from a, a solid foundation, that what is literally the rock of faith. Um, and these terms, when you go back and read them scripturally, I want you to think about what we're talking about here. Because when we get into Ephesians, 6, 10 to 18, we talk about the principalities beyond our control. We, this is the fight of the mind. This is the fight of the airwaves and the frequencies. And what happens is, is when people are unprepared, they don't have a solid base. They haven't been well-rooted in a true relationship in, in their faith. And there's, like I said, there's other things that can dispel that, but this is one of the big ones, especially in this nation. Then people become subject to the words and the images And one of the three pillars of a good PSYOP campaign are words, deeds, and images. Well, the deeds are the physical actions. So the words are what they hear, the images are what they see, and the deeds are what the outcomes or what they actually do. So they were very effective in this campaign of producing all three as a PSYOP against the American public. Typically, in something like that, you would expect people to go someplace to have a congregation to talk this through with one another. But instead of going to have that to be dispelled, you had a sellout of probably the majority of our churches in this nation. They literally shut their doors and told people, no, 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 we must go away and we must obey the government. They lost the congregation ability to come together physically, and they also lost the ability to hear reason from the pulpit. That, by the way, is a crime against humanity, as far as I'm concerned. But well, that's another topic for another day. Or maybe Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I might get on a rant tonight. Who knows? So the point of this is, on top of that, so many people have stepped away from the church over time that they're they're very isolated in their existence. So when you start pounding people with this process of a PSYOP, which is what this was, in the name of national security, in the name of world health, all this other garbage, in this name of a pandemic, people literally got flooded with this fear panic anxiety and those even those that were not necessarily flooded with it but were on the fringe of it became part of a sheeple movement what was going on in the head well the first thing that happens is adrenaline and the body and the mind get overloaded with adrenaline rush it floods through the body and it overtakes the mind Adrenaline is that hype. It gets your heart rate up. It gives you, it overcomes your pain. If you have a broken arm and you're high in adrenaline, you can f- find people still being able to fight in a fight using that arm. Or if your leg is broken, they won't even notice it. Matter of fact, there was a video the other day in Brazil. Brazil's having a big rash of problems of motorcycle thugs that are coming up next to cars or coming up to people on in motorcycle gangs, pulling out guns, and they're, stealing people and stealing their cars, stealing their goods. So the Brazilians are fighting back right now and the Brazilians are coming back. And when they see it, literally like people are just physically running over the motorcycles. I'm not exaggerating. It's just, it's unbelievable. Like they're just running them down and they'll drive over the, the two guys will be typically two guys on a bike. There was a scene the other day where they, a driver raced, drove down the road after one of these motorcycle thugs, drove over the motorcycle, drove over the guys one guy's leg was so broken that it was flopping out to the left, and he didn't even know it. You can tell he was jumping around just trying to get on a motorci- another motorcycle to race out of there. That's adrenaline. All of his pain is gone. He's just being flooded with this, so it's a fight-or-flight response. And in that moment, that fight-or-flight response is to get the body up and going. It's, it's, it's a very primal aspect of our design. It's one of God's amazing gifts that he's given us, too, because in those moments, like, like if you're getting attacked or you're facing a wild animal or whatever, it gives you enormous strength and it gives you a more enormous speed or an ability to get out of there, even if you're injured. Okay, so the other part of that, though, is dopamine. And dopamine's a critical part of this because dopamine then floods in as well. And as dopamine floods into your cognitive processes, what happens is it, you suddenly all that scattered thinking, the thinking of maybe thinking about your family or you're worried about in the back of your mind, you're worried about your bills at home or what happens if I don't make it home on time for dinner? What happens if I don't make it through this? All that goes away. And dopamine concentrates your focus right before you. So you have a hyped-up adrenaline, your blood is rushing, your heart is racing, and now your vision is clarifying and everything gets hyper-clear with dopamine. And this is what the experiences you'll hear of people talking about in martial arts or you'll hear about them talking about in near life death experiences or even in combat to where everything gets hyper clear and slows down. It seemingly slows down. And yet there's all this energy and an ability and it's seeming like you can move faster than ever. That dopamine as it's flooding through now is is not allowing you to think into the future it allows you focuses on the here and the now and it gives you the ability to see clearly to hopefully find the route of escape or the route of counterattack in its functional self like that it's a very it's primitive and it's in in the way that our responses are but it's life saving until it's weaponized against people and this is the fundamental aspect of cognitive infiltration, because what happens is, is when we get people working into these hyper cycles of fear, which is what the media is doing, and people are now locked into this TV, and they're getting, and their news cycles, and they're constantly getting fed this loop over and over and over, the death rates and the tolls, and they don't even hear anymore how many people are literally dying. They just hear key words, death, dying, risk, the world's going to collapse, whatever else. They get there, and then when they disengage from it, the more that they're in and out of it, initially it's just an overwhelming attack on the mind. Well, what happens? What happens is that people become addicted to those two drugs within their own mind. They become addicts of adrenaline and dopamine. And the tragedy over this is that as they are addicts of this, they then self-create the events to recreate the hit so when you see somebody and there was a great piece yesterday of somebody talking in front of Trump Tower interviewing them about what exactly is is what exactly is happening at Trump Tower or the FBI investigation excuse me and as they're interviewing him he's he says in this interview, he says, I'm, I, I, Trump is deserving of this array because they've, he's more, had more charges in the open, more crimes in the open than anybody else we know. It's an interesting statement because now the guy asks him, he says, okay, he says, what are those? Now, he's amped up. He's got, when you watch this process, you can see that what he's done is he's recreated the event through CNN's garbage or whoever else he's listening to. This evil president, I hate so much because he's done so many crimes. He deserves every bit of this. Don't question. And this is an anger. This is another one of the triggers for the dopamine and adrenaline hit. And when he's challenged about this, to ask him to provide facts, he stops his mind is quickly processing. He's now in that hyper-focused moment, and he realizes, the mind realizes, that it doesn't have the facts at hand, and so it turns it into another anger moment. I'm done talking, he says. Both of those moments are like getting a hit. It's like somebody got takes the hit by injecting the drug into their vein. When he finishes his rant about Trump, the, the adrenaline starts to decline, that moment, that, it, that satisfaction of the hit starts to decline, and he's actually in a kind of a steady moment there, and then he's asked to produce something he can't, which now the subconscious triggers that amazing anger moment again, and what happens? He gets another flood and rush of adrenaline and dopamine. This is the functioning of the mind-body model here. And the reason I'm bringing all this up, and it's very important to understand is this is what the enemy, if you will call it that, the American people are divided on this principle. The biggest challenge we face right now is getting truth to people. And the truth is doesn't want to be heard by people because, and we say this all the time, so we, we blame things in part on the vax, which there is, there is no doubt there are evidence from what we know about the vax that's causing cognitive infiltration. And causing cognitive disruption. There is a consequence of that. There's no question about it. Well, maybe for some. They want to believe in the VAC. So if that disrupts you, I'm sorry, but not sorry. But the fact is that a bigger part of this whole model has been the propaganda. And the infiltration into the mind to where these cycles, these OODA loops of addiction are now embedded into a large part of our culture.
2: Propaganda in itself is pretty normal. We have these irrational biases, and what propaganda does is it takes notions like freedom, integrity, and it weds them to these irrational biases. Operation Iraqi Freedom is what the Iraq War was called. Why was killing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Iraqis called Operation Iraqi Freedom? Because the idea was somehow Freedom is what Americans do. If we're doing it, it must be freedom. The word propaganda by itself is neither good nor bad because we talk of abolitionist propaganda. We talk about the propaganda that people use in social movements. Social movements need propaganda. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about the need for propaganda because you need to get people to reconsider their racist assumptions. If you're doing a social movement that's trying to change people's attitudes towards, for example, gay marriage, you're gonna have to use art, you're gonna have to appeal to people's emotions to sort of undermine the biases they have. And what other way do we have to undermine the biases they have by challenging those biases in often non-rational ways? You know, the goal in propaganda is to connect neutral words to other stuff. Propaganda will always be here. Our words always have these associations. Any word I have. When I talk about my cat, you get a warm, fuzzy feeling. The propaganda campaign involves connecting our words to these things. It's inevitable that people have these associations between words and images Democracy involves having many such associations, having lots of different words and lots of different discussions that are happening. So we can kind of pick and choose among them. When there's like two views standing off each other, when one group thinks that the conservatives are all fascists and the other group thinks the liberals are all communists, well then democracy starts to disappear.
0: What's really important there is you, point, you pointed it out right there at the end and that is that there needs to be many discussions. When you go back in our history, and you go back to the late 1800s, you'll discover there was about 40 to 100, depending on who does it, political parties. By the time we get to 1920, we're down to three parties, and by the time we get to post-World War 2 we're down to two. By design, a variety of things were done. The Palmer Raids, the Domestic Terrorist Act, a variety of things were put in place. One of the great trials was Sacco and Vanzetti in the late teens of our country, accusing the anarchists of destabilizing the country. All of these issues were done as a measure to wipe out political debate and to channel everything down into two parties. As he said, we are now polarized. It is your evil, no, you're evil. And those two things, that is by design. That's why I keep saying this game that's being played out before us right now. This political theater of Democrats are bad. Democrats are bad. This is garbage. In fact, there's a piece that was it was out earlier today on Fox News of the guy literally talking about the deaths of the vaccine. And it was on Tucker Carlson talking about over three hundred thousand people dead. The thing is that that, that story there was allowed initially because he talked about the Democrats. But when he shifted and started talking about conservatives also being affected this way, they tried to shut him down almost immediately. See, this is, this is the game. Keep everybody locked into the bipolar. So the Democrats are going to take the fall for the backs. I've been saying this for a long time. And they're going to point the finger at the Democrats and they're going to get everybody to look over and they're going to try to force a monoparty, a singular party, all under this idea of republicanism, whatever. But the fact that we're missing here is this open debate, an open debate. And that. It... You
3: want answers?
0: I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want
1: the truth.
3: You can't handle the truth.
0: There you go. <laughs> and that's where we are right now. We are literally at a place where most people can't handle the truth. And it's a difficult reality that we've come to because we've become so polarized. And with that, is the absolute addiction to the, our own brain cognitive spaces. And it's just as if it's happening on both sides. It's one of the reasons that I think in overall, we have to continue to work on building bridges and not create a rift permanently with those that are vaxxed. They are vaxxed. They made a bad decision, but we're going to have to find a way to bridge this because that division is by design. It puts one against a zero. It's a binary, it's a binary fight again. And we're, pitted against each other and we're not going to get over this and this is a real challenge and the problem with the injection is that it's a physical reality it's a reality that has physical consequences that has led to physical experiences for people not just internally to them but it's empowered a government to get more tyrannical and it's not and it wasn't just a passive decision by somebody those people that walked that way embraced fascism physically And they did so by default by, again, we go back to their inability to discern the difference between fear and propaganda. These are going to continue to be very difficult times ahead for us. And much of this fight that we're in right now is deep. We can fix this fight literally overnight if we can resolve this binary conflict. Unfortunately, everything that's happening in the political realm even in this terms of and i'm i'm using it intentionally because even when we talk about maga make america great again these ideas are not healing sure you're getting some extreme leftists that are coming over to join the, the to vote for trump if he runs we don't even know if he's going to run yet we assume he is but he, we haven't heard that but they're moving over so let's take one of those examples let's say that president trump decides not to run. And if he's not going to run, what happens to all of those people that vacated the extremist left and came over to join MAGA to vote for President Trump? And the reason that's vulnerable is because, again, the, the solutions are binary. They don't have a field. We don't have a field of 50 candidates or a field of even 10 We know that there's the only way forward here is you're gonna either vote for Democrat or you're gonna vote for Republican. And that is itself going to create its own OODA loop of neurochemistry. There is a there is a visceral hatred being woven into our current propaganda cycles on MAGA, on America on Make America Great, on Q that is pointing its finger at the DNC. It's being echoed by Putin. It's being echoed by China. That should disturb everybody because that's a global maneuver to wipe out one party completely and to elevate another. And we're not talking about creating multiple choices. We're talking about creating a singular choice. This is how propaganda works. And if someone told you, as an example, they said to you, all right, your choice now, you can't vote for Trump, but you have to vote for Kamala I can tell you that if people just thinking about that, there's an. I would almost guarantee you most people that just heard that had a some sort of a physical reaction, like anger, some sort of tension in the back of the neck. That's propaganda working brilliantly. I'm not saying she's good or bad. My point is this: we have built such an extreme reaction to one person that if you start to think in terms of people, and this is a great test to see how you're influenced, allow your mind to focus on key people like Biden, like Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer, and focus on Trump. Now, my point of this is there should be a very level discussion without any emotions to be able to point to the facts and details of what President Trump has delivered to why you would side with him. But I'm going to be willing to bet that most people will vote, will just talk in a reactionary say and say things that they're evil. To break this cycle, you have to get down to facts. You have to think cognitively, and you have to use your brain. You can't listen to the media. Believe me, all those people I mentioned, they're bad. So is Obama. Okay, but there's plenty of Republicans I could pile on that that bin too. And we have to get past the point of just emotionally reacting to people and start looking at the hard details and facts of what they've done, what they've delivered, and what they're about. And that also means that when you look at a president, you have to be willing to do the critique of a president from a, per, from a human being, not idolize him and put him on a pedestal and make critique impossible. That's the other concern I have had for a long time about President Trump is that there's there's a canonization of him, there's an idolization of him to such an extreme that if you bring up anything that he's done that is questionable or you have questions about it or you're concerned, you immediately get expunged from the movement. It's like, do not do that, you're going to divide us, do not speak about Trump, he's anointed. That's a result of the same process of cognitive infiltration. Because then what happens is people on the MAGA side become the enforcers of the police. They start to police themselves. This happened early on in Truth Social. One of the reasons I didn't even bother to go over there because immediately early on with Truth Social, people started to, to wanted to identify anybody that was not seeing good things about President Trump. They're no different than the people on the left and they're having the same cognitive responses of cognitive infiltration. We have to learn to get hold of ourselves. And one of the reasons we keep coming back to that center point, which is our relationship in God and the rock on faith, is God is not political. And when we walk that path, we stay out of these frays. We can laugh at both sides. We can embrace the good and the bad on both sides. And that creates a very level and reasoned discussion because this nation's going to need that. We don't need crazy. And we've had a lot of crazy I want you to hear this piece here. It's only 13 seconds, but this is how literally you turn a perspective on its head. Listen closely.
2: just picked up a hitchhiker, and he seemed like a nice guy. And after a couple minutes, he said, aren't you worried that I might be a serial killer? And I was like, no, no the chances of two serial killers being in the same car. <laughs> That's
0: literally undoing the entire moment. And that's taking the right perspective because what he could have done is reacted and that cognitive infiltration would have hit and it would have been like, dude, get out of my car. Pull over, get out now, walk. Instead, he turns it on its head. It's brilliant. And it means it's, it's an indication of somebody who is not only cognitively active, but they're solid with themselves. They're not intimidated by anything. We have to get past the emotional swings. As we head into this these coming months, there's going to be a lot of disruption, and right now there's a lot of disruption. A lot of things are happening, unraveling about Marilago. There's a, there's now a discussion that they were looking for nuclear secrets. That is an indication they were probably looking for the football. We've had people on our own on our chat in uh, in Telegram room try to suggest that it's not the football. I've suggested early on that it was a football. I posted something up there the other day, pretty extensive write-up of why. I think that they were probably looking for something like that because this is a fight of power of the elites. These are the titans that are fighting. And in order for the titans to win, they're going to have to take the majority of the people with them. I will stand with the person that's going to stand with the Constitution and where we're going to get ourselves back with God on the throne. And God is working this in brilliant ways, but we have to keep our reasoned walk here because everybody is on the on the battlefield and the elites are trying to play everybody and play them all against each other if you've been paying attention to the leftist view which could very well be paid for or paid for bots or paid for actors writing this stuff on social media but if you're going to listen to that trend We're already hearing the screams of people being worried about the retaliation and the violence coming from Trump's followers. All of this is provocative again. And those that are wrapped into this cognitive, cognitive infiltration with emotions in their and their OODA loop of adrenaline and dopamine are going to be easily triggered to that because all it takes is one of these main these main emotions. It takes fear or it takes anxiety or it takes anger. It takes hate. As long as you can get those sort of extremist emotions going, you will trigger that dopamine adrenaline cycle. And as long as they can do that, they will constantly keep the focus before them. Remember, once you're into the dopamine cycle, your brain cannot think long-term. You think cyclically in moments. And this is how they're keeping people stationary in time. While a lot of things are going on, the world is literally falling apart right now. And I don't say that figuratively. If you've seen the heat maps from the global fires, that should shake you up a little bit. If you have any questions about a coming food famine, just take a look at Africa. The entire south part of the continent, almost the entire lower half of the continent, is red with fires. Europe looks like it's got smallpox. It has so many fires going on in it. And we have our own. Things are burning. And these aren't... These aren't just grass fires. These are forest fires as well. The resources, the natural environment is being destroyed now, currently. And we can almost be guaranteed that there's some nefarious hands at play. Just like the amazing and spontaneous combustion that keeps happening with these food processing plants, the latest being in Pendleton, Oregon, with a flour mill that just spontaneously combusted. These processes are happening behind the scenes and the distractions of the cognitive infiltration continue. They just need to keep hitting the buttons and the triggers. So even with the, with the response that we've had and I've had even with the FBI issue down in Mar-a-Lago, we have to still re- remain reasoned. What is the real motive? Why, why is this so conveniently orchestrated that everybody now is rushing over to the MAGA party? How many of these people that are giving testimony as extreme leftists or leftists that are moving over to the Republican Party are really leftists or are they paid actors. This is a stage. The world is a stage. And the only way we're going to get through this is to keep that reasoned and founded view in walking powerfully in our faith and staying away from the fray of stupidity because it's big, it's a lot, it's flowing everywhere. And when we do that, we will find our way through. But I guarantee you the world is not going to look like you think it looks like. And I guarantee you the world is not going to be as, as easy as everybody lining up under a MAGA flag and it's all going to be better. We need diversity in a true sense, not the leftist sense. We need, we need a very variety, varied issue of debate. We need communities living in different ways, not just a monolithic way. We need distribution of manufacturing. We need products from one county to the next county that have a unique flavor. Not everything that looks the same and standardized because it's robotized or it's manufactured in the same process. That's the character of the human collage, of the human quilt. And when we get back to that, we start to find a great amount of stability because we are encountering and engaging with difference on a normal basis, not dealing with this monolithic culture. And if, if our goal is to create a monolithic belief system on everything, we're in for some real troubles. And that's where our role, I think, is the greatest, is to walk that path. As, and as Christ reminded us, it's why he, he wrote the parables. Not everybody would hear, and very few would understand the parables. That's pretty much where we are question is can we build the bridges to make the stability and peace for the long term or are we going to continue to consume the bipolar swings of a nation that only will generate hate and division eternally let us pray father we come to you today very humbled and thankful for the times that we have each day and each evening to come together in fellowship to reflect deeply in, on where the world is. To listen closely to the, the sort of lessons and wisdom that has passed before us. We are in a challenging time, Father. A time that the idea of a one and a zero option, always bipolar options, seems to be the only solution set that's before us. And we really what we're praying for tonight is a complex model. A model where we have a multitude of voices talking about things from different perspectives and angles. A richness in the conversation of humanity not a simplicity of the one and the zero, which is literally Luciferian by nature. We just pray for the disruption of the bipolar model that we once again can return to a greater, broader view of discussion and expression and in so doing to enrich our souls, to break down our cognitive processes of, of isolation and start to hear one another once again. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So a lot, of, a lot of challenges ahead, patriots, and a lot of challenges to understand that the system, no matter whether it's the, quote, good side or the bad side, are all playing a great deal of games on all of us. And this, at the end of the day, if we're going to be set free, we're going to have to step back from it and realize that there's some really big objectives right now, and the prize is always the control of humanity by men I don't get controlled by men. We, go, we should be following God, and that's that simple. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward.